Hello, and welcome. <laughs> this is the What If I Told You podcast. <laughs> A show where we try to cover cases other people just seem to avoid. Yeah. Maybe that's our identity now. Yeah. Why they're avoided? Not sure, but... No. We're here for it. Yeah, I mean... So we can do them. So we can be the ones to do it. Mm-hmm. We can be the assholes who call everybody else out. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, what have we got to lose, really? Not a lot, honestly. No sponsors <laughs> or cash flow. <laughs> We're not being paid for any of this. None of this. It's fine. It's We're fine. being paid and an excuse to drink coffee and have breakfast together once a week. That's true. It's really why we're doing this. And anyone, if you're listening and wondering why we started a podcast, it was simply so we could eat breakfast every weekend. That's right. Which we didn't do this morning. No. Because it, it was 10 o'clock by the time I got here because I was so lazy this morning. I woke up at like 6.45 though. Yeah. But I was like, 10. 10 sounds good. 10 sounds good. <laughs> Sometimes you just need like time yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So that like, happened. Now I'm here. Yesterday morning, whenever you, because you texted me around like the same time yesterday morning. It was like right around seven. Mm-hmm. And I got up, made coffee, and sat in the recliner and straight up fell asleep <laughs> until 10 o'clock. That's amazing. Dakota came downstairs and he was like, hey, <laughs> time uh, to get up. It's 10 o'clock. Do you want to get up? And I was like, <laughs> I've been asleep in the chair for three hours. Of course I want to be awake now. Oh, that's awesome. I wish I had a recliner. Yeah. Our recliner is like a hand-me-down twice removed So or it's something. super comfy. Yeah, it's broken in completely. <laughs> I can't even think of the last time I sat in a recliner. Hmm. I don't know. I want one yeah. now. They're nice. I mean... I don't know where the fuck I would put one. Just in the middle of the living room. Yeah. (laughs) This is mom's recliner now. Everybody else, position yourself accordingly. (laughs) Oh, you can't see back there on the couch? Sorry. No one cares. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. We need... We have very large furniture aspirations in Mm -hmm. this house. It just... It'll happen. Yeah. It's, we have to finish all the other shit, like. Before you put new shit in it. Yes. We've got to, like, get the tile and get the carpet out of the rest of the house. Mm -hmm. I've been complaining about it basically on a daily basis about the carpet. I clean the carpets all the time. And it never seems to make a difference. I don't know what the, whoever lived in this house before us or whatever. I don't know, but the carpet has held on to whatever it is they did. It's not, and it's not like a, I think it's the length. It's, it, you know what I mean? It holds on to it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a real issue for me and I complain about it a lot. I mean, I've lived in a house for almost four years now that is 90% hardwood. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's been amazing. Yeah. Especially with kids mm-hmm. and pets. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's just easier. We have carpet in our bedroom, mm-hmm. but 
even that you can tell like it just looks like shit because the room is small so our bed hasn't moved and you can just tell like where you walk in that room I hate it yeah we're still in a debate about whether or not the bedrooms will get new carpet I like carpet in a bedroom yes Uh, or a hardwood with like a big fluffy fucking area rug yeah Dakota wants to put new carpet in the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. He even, he wants the whole upstairs to be carpet. Yeah. Just new carpet. And I said, I don't want carpet in the hallways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or on the stairs. I wouldn't do hallway or stairs. So we will probably compromise and do new carpet in the bedrooms and do tile in the hallway and on the stairs. Because we're not doing hardwood because of the scratching. Mm-hmm. We're going to do tile. Probably tile that looks like wood. Oh, yeah. It just, it's better for pets. Yeah. And also, if it gets wet. Right. It's not going to swell. Yeah. So, which, and obviously, our house doesn't leak or anything. It's just yeah, but... spills, whatever. So... At tile will just make more sense for us. Agreed. And Dakota can put in the tile. Yeah. He can't really put hardwood in. No. That's that's, that has lot. to be, yeah, has yeah. to be done. Yeah. So, whatever. We're going to, f- it. we're going to figure it out. We would be able to probably get all of that shit done really soon if we didn't decide we wanted to go to Europe. So. Yeah. But, but I mean. I'd rather go to Europe than get new tile. Absolutely. That's way more fun. A hundred percent. So. Fuck tile. Yeah. Fuck tile. I want to see one of the oldest books in the world, so. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Anyway. So, you guys need to go check out our TikTok. It's growing. Uh, We have two new vids up. Yep. And our Instagram, please follow us. It's. Uh, What if I told you pod? Yes. That's it. I always flip-flop them around. Yeah. So, yeah, get on our Instagram, follow us. All the stuff is there. And also our email. Send us requests. What if I told you podcast at gmail.com. And before I forget, since we're talking about Instagram, our chips corner for this week is not going to be in this episode, but it will be on our TikTok, and our Instagram. Chip, I don't need your consent to do that. It's going to happen. And it's going to be amazing, and you guys need to watch it. Um, Chip is really the glue that holds us all together. (laughs) So, yeah, check that out. Um, He has a little lesson to teach you guys, and um, that's what we're doing for Chip's Corner. Yeah, it's a special edition of Chip's Corner. Yep. So... You're welcome. Mm-hmm. As we already stated, we didn't eat breakfast here, but I am drinking coffee. We recently got a new coffee pot, and it's really awesome. Our old coffee pot we had for, like, eight years. Died. And it just eventually died. It passed. It it did. It was a real trooper for a long time. There's nothing like a good seasoned coffee pot. Yeah, our, it was hella seasoned. Yeah. 
And also, we bought it for like $15 at the Dollar General. Those are the best, usually. I'm surprised it lasted so long. Yeah. It's like our microwave. Um, Haley, who made our logo, her parents actually gave us our the microwave that we have and it wasn't brand new when we got it Mm -hmm. they gave it to us when we had our very first apartment and that was eight years ago yeah almost nine years ago there's not a thing wrong with it like it's gonna be on this earth forever yeah it's fine that's hilarious (laughs) certain it's weird how certain appliances just are like that like unless they're they're dropped from a skyscraper they're gonna be fine yeah my parents had a toaster that they got for their wedding mm-hmm. in 1998. They don't still have it, but they legit had that toaster until I definitely until I graduated high school. Damn. So they got it in 1998 and had it for most of my school life. Wow. And it, it lasted that. I mean, they just that, don't make them like they used to. I, yeah, it's like a one-off yeah. item will last for a super long time, mm-hmm. and then you'll pay a lot of money for something, and it only works for a year. Yeah. You know, it's like people with Keurigs, like I'm not hating, but I hate the coffee that is made with a Keurig. And I think it's yeah. disgusting. It tastes like the coffee you get at a hotel. Yeah, it's it's not very good. And it looks oily mm-hmm. on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just really makes me angry. Yeah, I'm not a huge Keurig fan either. I don't ever drink coffee in that serving size, first and foremost. Yeah, it makes like this much. Yeah, it makes four ounces of coffee. I need way more than that on a daily basis. Um, I take two travel mugs of coffee with me to work every day. Mm -hmm. That's. I need to buy some creamer to keep here. Yeah, you do. I keep um, forgetting. I have hot chocolate packets. Mm, I'm good. Okay. I, I'm not a hot chocolate person unless mm. I'm at, like, a cold, like, football game. Oh, I love Which I'm not chocolate. at anymore. Yeah. Because my nephew is not playing football anymore. Right. But I'm sure Caden will be someday, and then I will take up my hot chocolate habit again. Hot chocolate and, like, Frito pie. Mm, yeah. Mm, so good. Dakota and I drink a lot of hot cocoa in this house. I just, it's not my fave. But I really like it when it scalds me out of like a styrofoam to-go cup. Mm, Yeah, that sounds great. That's the whole experience really with hot chocolate. Yeah. But anyway, the new coffee maker is the, the shit. But it has made me realize that our old coffee pot didn't get as hot. Like Mm -hmm. the coffee didn't get as hot. Because... Well, I haven't burned myself, but Dakota said that the whole first week we had this coffee pot, he burned his mouth every single day. (laughs) The coffee pot at work makes some hot fucking coffee. Yeah. Compared to mine at home, which is just like the perfect temperature. I could not ever, whenever I still worked there, I couldn't drink the coffee. It tasted weird and bad to me. Like, somebody had at one point burnt something in the coffee pot, Mm. and then you can't get the taste out. No. It just continues to taste burnt to me. Yeah, that one is a little too seasoned. Yeah. I just, yeah. Because sometimes I feel like I need afternoon coffee. It'll hit 
one thirty, two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I could really use some coffee. And I would make a pot or make part of a pot at work and yeah. then be like disappointed. This tastes like shit. I get that. But now at my new job, they have a bun coffee maker mm. and coffee is always popping. My mom is a bun coffee maker fan. Yeah, I almost bought a bun whenever I bought the new coffee pot, but I wanted one that you could program, mm-hmm. and you can't on bun. We have a nice coffee pot. I don't know what the brand is, though. Mm-hmm. I think ours is Mr. Coffee or something like that, but yeah, it's good. I like it. The coffee tastes good. You know, we we have specific coffee needs here. Yeah. I mean, no one wants bad coffee. No. No one wants bad coffee. No one wants your coffee to taste like it came from a hotel No breakfast line. I don't want to be able to taste the plastic mechanisms inside the coffee. Absolutely not. No. We do French press a lot, too, though. Yeah, set higher standards for yourself, people. Yeah. You only live once. Drink good yeah. coffee. The, the, these are one of some of the boundaries that we should all have in our lives because we deserve happiness. And what says happiness like a good cup of coffee yeah and it doesn't really matter what coffee you're drinking you can make a fire i mean i i drink folgers yeah we have folgers for the week the work week and then we have the fancy coffee for the weekend but if you're using a shit coffee maker it's gonna taste like shit if you're drinking like really amazing gourmet coffee Mm -hmm. or folgers if your coffee maker is bad, it's going to taste bad. Yeah. That's just the way she goes. That's what we really need you guys to take away from this episode, because clearly we're very passionate about this. (laughs) Um, And yeah, drink good coffee. If you don't drink coffee, drink good tea and water. Be kind to yourself, people. That's important. Yeah. Good tea is important, too. Yeah. I do not need any weak tea in this place. No. And no one likes tea that tastes like it was made 36 hours ago. Oh, no. it ha- There is a specific taste that tea gets if it sits too long. Yeah, it's sour. It's horrible. Ugh. Okay, I guess we're going to get into the episode. Um, yes. It's a short one. It is. Um, I do have another Gabriel update. This one is actually about Gabriel's Law. Yeah. So, Thursday, May 20th of this year, so just a few days ago, Mm -hmm. it actually was heard by the state of California's Assembly Appropriations Committee, and they have unfortunately set it aside for the remainder of the year. So, they will not revisit this for the remainder of the year, Because the bill, as written, they say is, quote, too expensive. Mm. Okay. There were a few other bills presented to this assembly at the same time that were also set aside as being too expensive. And one of the other bills were uh, provisions for doing DNA testing on backlogged rape kits. Yeah. So... Uh, that that bill was too expensive. Gabriel's law bill was too expensive. All these things are just too expensive for the state of California. Yeah, the priorities there. So, 
that was that's a disappointment for sure. Um, oh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Clearly, they're not prioritizing the safety of children or the sexual safety of its residents. Yeah. Or getting these rape kits tested. All these people out here who were brave enough to report their sexual assaults and go through the trauma of having a rape kit done, just all for sit, nothing. Sit and wait. Yep. Ridiculous. I think this bill was uh, provisions to test backlogged rape kits to like back to like 2015 or 16. Mm-hmm. Which, why do you have so many backlogged from just 2016? Yeah. But they have backlog all the way to like the 90s that have not been tested. Why? I just don't understand why you take a rape kit and you just don't test it. Just put it on the shelf. What do I pay taxes for? I just don't even really have anything to say about it. Test the (laughs) rape kits. I don't get it. Like, is there no, like, process or procedure in place for what happens after? They just take the swabs, put them in their little container, and put them in a box on a shelf. Uh, apparently that's what they do we just let these rapers go free mm-hmm. to rape again to, to do it again because it's not like uh anything will happen yeah so. they're, they're not facing any consequences i don't Gosh. we i we as a society need to come together and sort out our priorities yeah absolutely we do yeah it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, and I'm really disappointed in humanity. Yeah. I usually am most days. Yeah, I agree. Most days I am as well. So, that all sucks, and now we're going to get into something else that sucks. Yeah, it everything sucks today. <laughs> and it's Sunday. I hate Sundays. Sunday? I, I think Sundays might be the worst day of the week. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely the worst day of the week. I hate it way more than Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sunday, you just spend your whole day anticipating Monday. Ugh. It's the worst. Oh, I hate it. (laughs) So today we're talking about a murder from Canada. So this is our first non-U.S. case topic we're talking about. It might be our first non-U.S. case. Yeah. Because for some reason, there is something that is just plaguing North America, and that is murdered and missing indigenous women and girls. And I don't know if a lot of people realize that because it's never talked about. Yeah. The statistics are just not put out there like they should be. No, and I, I don't understand that. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, they're just not taken seriously or made a priority. So we picked one and we're going to talk about it. And there will be more because there's so many cases. Yeah, I have a a running list of cases to research and for us to cover. They are taking longer than typical because Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of Coverage. Coverage of these cases. Yeah. Um, In order to get the information on this case, I had to 
get a seven-day free trial of newspapers.com because there was only one newspaper that talked about the particulars of this case. That's crazy. One newspaper. They covered, they really covered this case for multiple years. So, like, that's awesome for, let's, what is the publication name? The Ottawa Citizen Mm -hmm. is the name of the newspaper. Um, They covered this case basically from start to finish. Like, from the time the event happened all the way through to the end, they covered it. So... Thanks for that. Thanks, Ottawa Citizen. You're the only one out here doing it. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the murder of Elena Assam Thunderbird. And before we get into the details and events, we just want to tell you about her. She was a 17-year-old from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. She had a tough childhood and she actually moved out on her own at the age of 16, but she was still very close to her mom and her mom's name was Annie Thunderbird. She was described by those who knew her as being creative and vibrant. And she also loved to write and she was particularly apt at poetry. So that's very cool. Yeah. She also loved animals And she was someone who really trusted others, and she believed that all people had good in them. Anyone who listens to podcasts like this know that that's not really the case. Mm -hmm. But her friends said that she made friends easily and never met anyone who could fathom hurting her. So they're just as confused as everyone else. So, I don't know, it's sad because she's just like this typical teenage girl. Yeah. She had a little bit of a rough background and childhood, but, and it always, it always seems to be that way. Yeah. You know, outgoing, you know, friendly. I've never heard a case where someone describes the victim as just being a horrible person. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But when you have a victim profile like this, mm-hmm. a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. I mean, she's so young. I couldn't ever find any, like, actual details on why they said she had kind of a tough childhood. Mm-hmm. So I don't... It didn't say anything about her dad, so I don't think her parents were together. But... So I don't know the particulars of her childhood. That was... Just not out there. Yeah. But the fact that she was able to get an apartment at 16. Oh, yeah. Is pretty impressive. And she worked and, you know, she was taking some correspondence courses. So mm-hmm. she was trying to, like, get her life on a path yeah. for herself. And someone just. Ended that for her. Yeah. Took advantage of how trusting she was. Yep. It's very unfortunate. So on the evening of May 31st, 2002, so we are like very close to the anniversary of this case. We've done that a few times. We have, and it's completely unintentional. Yeah, that's weird. I think that was how it was when we covered the Gabriel case. We covered it right around his birthday. And Bryce, I think. And Bryce. 
right around like the seven year anniversary or something. Like yeah. That. How we keep doing this, I will never know. Don't know. It's fate. The fates want us to cover these cases. Yep. So on the evening of May 31st, 2002, Alina and some of her friends met at a small park north of Chinatown in Ottawa. I believe the park was called Primrose Park. So they were just hanging out at this park, drinking. They had met these two guys at a bar, I believe, and then decided to go to this park and hang out, like, Mm. privately. Around 2 a.m., the group decided to go their separate ways. So, Alina's friend left with one of the guys, and then Alina, she was going to go to the bus stop, I assume, to just go home. Yeah. And... One of the guys named Barry Thurston James offered to walk her to the bus stop. Here we fucking go. How very thoughtful. And uh, this bus stop was near LeBreton Flats. The LeBreton Flats. I'm not sure which one it actually should be called. The LeBreton Flats. I don't know. Whatever. There was a creek nearby as well. Okay. And this would be the last time her friend saw her alive, was walking with Barry Thurston James to the bus stop. How weird is it that so many, like, missing people or found murdered people, there's always, like, an alcohol scenario and then a not being with your group anymore? Those two are common occurrences in these cases. Yeah. And, I mean, there's so many cases like that. And I just think, I, because I was a young mom, I've, I've never experienced, like, the, you know, early 20s bar scene. Or really just, like, nights out on the town with groups of friends. Mm-hmm. But I know that it is very, very important to stay with whoever you came with. Yeah. Like, if we were out and you're like, I'm ready to go home, we're both going home. Yeah. I'm not letting you leave and you're not letting me stay there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I mean, I've gone out with groups of people a lot, but I've literally never been at a bar by myself. Mm -hmm. And I've never walked out of a bar by myself yeah so that's very important yeah um mostly because through most of my 20s i was with dakota and if i was going to a bar he was probably with me right but there have been multiple instances where i've just gone out with my with my friends yeah because he doesn't uh dictate what i do and don't do right but Still, even if I arrive, like, drive myself to this place, which is usually the case because I want to leave when I want to leave. Yeah. But usually the group convenes and we're all there and then we walk out together. And then go home from there. And, yes, and then go home from there. So, yeah, very important, you guys, especially for young girls. Yeah. Um, I mean... I knew I did some sketchy shit when I was 17 years old. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It, th- this is just a very 
common occurrence, I've noticed. It is. It is. So we're already at the discovery of her body. This case is very like these are the these are the facts. This is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's not it's not like other cases where you have a big narrative that leads up to an event. Yeah. Or a big narrative of the investigation. This is all very compact, probably because most of this information is from newspapers Mm -hmm. and journalism is really about telling the, like reporting the facts and not building a narrative. So that's, that's right where we are. So early on the morning of June 1st in 2002, kayakers called police after finding an area at the LeBreton flats near the Fleet Street gas station that was covered in blood. Yeah. Uh, good good thing, it ha- like, good thing this was discovered when it was. Because yeah. if this would have been weeks later, no one would have been able to distinguish. Yeah, this scene would not have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So police actually recovered Alina's clothing backpack and her ID strewn all around the scene and all were also covered in blood. Yeah. And it took police divers about nine hours to recover Alina's body from the creek that ran alongside one of the flats. Yeah, I think creek is a weird word. I think we what we're talking about here is more akin to a river. Yeah. And not like a little babbling brook trickly creek right not something you can just like walk across walk across yeah so you know they had discovered that she had apparently been raped and then beaten severely over the head and then was dumped into the water and the autopsy actually would later reveal that she had still been alive when she had been dumped into the water so her cause of death was actually drowning right i don't think that they could determine whether she was unconscious or not. Yeah, I, I, there's no way that they would be able to tell that, I don't think, but she had severe blunt force trauma. Mm -hmm. I don't think they found one specific item that they could point to and say that was the murder weapon, Mm -hmm. but the bank of the river was rock. Yeah. So their guess is that she was hit repeatedly over the head with rocks. Yeah. And there was blood fucking everywhere. Yeah. So kayakers had to have been coming down the river. Right. So there had to have been a lot of blood coating the scene for them to notice that for them to look over and be like holy shit that's that's a lot of blood yeah i can't can you imagine being that kayaker no what like how do you geez no yeah no that's insane and it had to for them to be alarmed enough to call police it you know it had to have been yeah and for them to be like this is blood yeah. And there's a lot of it. There is enough blood here that yeah. we are 100% sure something horrible has happened. Yeah. God, dude. 
I can't imagine finding something like that. No. Okay. So now we're all ready to the investigation. Yeah. This isn't, the story's not long. So what's really good about this case that we will probably not find in the other cases that we will cover in the future is that the police acted really quickly. Mm-hmm. So June 1st was the day after she disappeared. That's the day the kayakers discover the scene and call police. Um, and police arrive on the scene almost immediately and they were able to collect a substantial amount of evidence at the LeBrenton flat scene, obviously. Yeah. So, um, so they collect her clothes, they collect her backpack and they have her ID and all the blood and her underwear is there. There's a just a myriad of things that they were able to collect. They, question Alina's friends who had been with her on the night of May 31st and who were actually at the park with her. And they obviously told the police about the man who had offered to walk her to the bus stop, Barry Thurston James. Since he was the last person who was seen with her alive, obviously he is suspect numero uno. Right. Eventually... James's blood will be found near the creek. A lot mingled with Alina's blood. So that's a surefire sign. Yeah, there was really not a, not a big question. There was not really any question about who was responsible. No. Um, so they find his blood at the scene with Alina's blood. And they found several items of his clothing as well and took it into evidence. There was a jacket, a shirt, and pants that were all found near James's house. And all of them had Alina's blood on them. What a terrible... Th- this guy's an murder. idiot. Yeah, he's stupid. Um, so police also managed to find people who had been camping in the area on that night that it happened, and they all said that they heard screaming during the hours in which the murder would have taken place, but you can't really use that as evidence because they didn't see anything. Yeah, I mean, people can be screaming for various reasons. Yeah, and I mean, I'm... Like, I've heard people screaming outside, and I know that it's a kid being crazy or just, like, an actual crazy person. Yeah. Or, like, drunk people just yeah yelling. And it's, it's like, you know, when do you take that seriously? Yeah. it's That's a really fine line. But they did manage to find a man, it didn't ever list this man's name, who... Barry Thurston James had hitched a ride from after the murder. I would say um, if I was that person that gave him a ride, I also wouldn't want my name out there because this dude was probably covered in blood. That 
is exactly he was either covered in blood or, or he naked. had no clothes on yeah yeah both of which should be a red flag if i am approached by either someone covered in blood or naked um i'm going to assume that something terrible is going on whether they are the victim or the suspect i'm calling the police yeah i could be like stay right here but i'm calling the police yeah yeah it's uh real real questionable but so this man encountered james between 2 and 4 a.m nothing good happens between 2 and 4 a.m absolutely not um and police believe the man had a few other people in the car as well and picked up James near the LeBritton Flats and drove him to his mother's house in the Bayshore area. I'm assuming that this is not very far since this guy was agreeable to give him a ride there. I'm guessing it's not that yeah. long of a drive. Yeah. So, yeah. But... Barry Thurston James was arrested early on the evening of June 2nd, 2002, at his mother's home on Bayshore Drive. He appeared to have sustained multiple injuries to his face that police assumed were from the attack and that Alina had tried to fight him off. So he had a black eye, a deep gash across his nose, cuts and bruises to his forehead, cuts, gouges, scrapes, and bruises on his hands, arms, and legs. So, Alina fought him hard. Yeah. Like, this man, this dude looked haggard. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's crazy. I, I mean, there, this is such like a here's the scene, here's who did it, he 100% did it. Yeah. It, the timeline of this is wild. Because 48 hours. Yeah, 48 hours. Mm -hmm. She goes out on May 31st. She's discovered June 1st, and the suspect is arrested June 2nd. Yeah. That's, that's how you do an investigation. I simply... I simply have nothing to say yeah. about it. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, it could have been very different if there weren't people kayaking at that time. That's true. Because even if it were at the end of the day, mm -hmm. on June 1st or even early June 2nd, I just don't know what the blood would have looked like by then. Right. Because dried blood is like brown. Right. And if you're... You're in a, a scene of water and rocks and, and fucking foliage. Yeah. I'm not going to think anything about the rocks that have a brown stain on them. Yeah. I'm going to think something about the rocks that are covered in blood. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Thank you, kayakers. Yeah. The for not just ignoring that. Yeah. They were real stand-up citizens. Yeah. Out here doing the Lord's work. So... The timeline of this baffled me so much. Because it's, yeah, that's just, it. this is what happened and that's it. It just, you just never hear about cases that no, go this way. Absolutely not. We'll tell you a little bit about Barry. He was 26 years old when he met Alina on 
May 31st in 02. And get this. He had a prior conviction for rape at knife point. And um, this victim was actually called to the stand and testified. So. Yeah. That conviction was 1995. Man, and he... He's 26 and she's 17. Yeah. At that point, the that's not okay. It's not okay for 26-year-olds to hang out with 17-year-olds. No, it is not. No. Also, his first rape conviction was ni- a 1995 rape, and he's 26. So he was 19 years old yeah. when he committed that rape. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, no, no. So, James was charged with first-degree murder and aggravated sexual assault. Yep. And this is another instance where we see something like the felony murder rule. Although they don't use that terminology in Canada, it is a similar concept. So, James gets murder in the first degree because Alina died in the commission of a rape. Mm Mm-hmm. The Crown attorneys didn't seem to say anything about premeditation, so they leaned on the during the commission of a rape to increase the charge from murder two to murder one. Now, I know nothing about the Canadian justice system. Same. Um, So, yeah. The way that it reads in the reporting from the newspaper it's it reads like the felony murder rule so they have this other aggravating charge that increases the yeah. murder charge yeah i don't know premeditation is weird in the sense that a lot of people think premeditation means planned And that you had to have planned it before you went and did the crime in order for premeditation to exist. Mm -hmm. However, you don't, that is not the case. Premeditation can occur in a split second. Yeah. You can decide on the spot, I'm killing this person. And that counts as premeditation. But I don't, obviously, I don't know if that's the case in Canada, but... In this case, I feel like you, if this case was a United States case, I feel like they could have argued premeditation and yeah. wouldn't necessarily have needed the aggravating circumstance of rape. That could just be another charge. Right. Because premeditation doesn't mean planned. It is a frame of mind mm-hmm. and not necessarily the act of planning. Right. So... Here, I think they could have got murder one on just on the facts. Because. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the assertion is that he attempted to rape her. She clearly fought him and then he killed her. Yeah. So. That to me is premeditation. That I. Yes. Whenever she tried to fight him, he split second. Okay, I'm going to kill her now. Yeah. Especially since she had blunt force trauma. Yeah, and it was brutal. It was a brutal... Like, the scene was crazy. Based on his injuries 
and the amount of blood described, Mm -hmm. it was all over the place. Yeah, you can't be doing that to someone and not know they're going to die from it. Exactly. And he tossed her in the, the river. Yeah. So, obviously... I feel like they probably could have gotten murder one on the facts yeah, as they were. I think so too. I don't think they needed to enhance the charge with the rape. Mm-mm. But Canada could be different. They could have different ways of getting to murder one that we don't have here. Yeah. So that's a real weird gray area. So this is a pretty straightforward case, but it's still took them two years to bring it to trial. Mm -hmm. That's pretty standard, honestly. Two years is standard, I think. That's kind of, yeah, and that's pretty quick compared to some. Some take much longer. But obviously he had his own defense attorneys. Yeah. So that's what draws it out. It's attorneys that draw this out. Yes, absolutely. Um, So the trial... From the way the publications were released and the dates on them, I gather that the trial began June 1st of 2004, which is crazy because she was killed June 1st, 2002. So on the two-year anniversary, his trial began. Weird. That's so weird. (laughs) So... That is a a guest date by me personally, because none of the articles stated specifically the first day of trial, but I think I've deduced the correct date. If it's not specifically June 1st, it is around June 1st. Mm-hmm. When James was arrested in 2002, he was questioned by a detective, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he, after several hours of interrogation, he did confess. However, early in the trial, Superior Court Justice Ratushni, I think. Ratushni? Ratushni. I think it's Ratushni. Um, Justice Ratushni threw out the confession and the jury was not allowed to hear it because... She found that it was obtained in a way that deprived James of his civic rights and was unconstitutional. So the detective who questioned him was using those tactics we all know well. Yeah. He was berating him, insulting him, doing all the things we've heard countless times, trying to coerce him into confessing. And James told the detective that his attorney told him not to speak until he arrived. So he was there without an attorney and mentioned that he had an attorney. So at that point in Canada and here, the detective should have left the room. Yeah. That's when the interrogation ends and the detective leaves until the the attorney arrives. Mm -hmm. Well, this detective did not. He continued to railroad him for About an hour and a half, which is not that long because, like... Yeah, not in that situation. There are... I think they questioned Brendan Dassey for something like 13 hours or something. Yeah. Something completely obscene. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... 
watching the tapes of them question Brendan Dassey is horrifying. It makes me sick to my stomach. It, it really does make me sick. Anyway, but eventually James confessed. But this confession was tossed out. As it should have been. Yeah. It sucks. I agree. It sucks because he obviously did it. Yeah, we know he did it. So it doesn't really hurt a lot. It does not. They had enough evidence. His blood is at the scene. Her blood is on his clothes. Literally, the blood is on his hands. The blood is literally (laughs) on his hands. So, I mean, they didn't need his confession. No, they didn't. Why this detective needed, felt the need to get this confession, even though he knew they had DNA. Yeah. Is absurd. Like, you're just making this situation harder and making yourself look bad. Yeah. And you're complicating things. You're complicating it. We have the guy. Yes. Put him in custody. And let's wait for fucking trial. Yeah. You got the DNA. You have his clothes. You have all this shit. Stop making things worse. Just send him downstairs. Now you're out of a job, my man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look what you did. So the trial was a two-week trial, and the jury deliberated for 10 hours before handing down the verdict. That is so wild. That's really wild. That's a long time to deliberate this case. I mean, this this is not Stephen Avery. This, yeah, this is open and shut. Yeah. I mean, the jury deliberated for 10 hours on the Kyler Eust case, which makes sense. They didn't have shit on that case. Right. They didn't have DNA. (laughs) And there's so much DNA here. They didn't have a whole human's worth of blood. Like, you are not going to accidentally find my blood all over your belongings and your body. No. You're not just randomly going to find someone's blood at a murder scene. And it not be connected. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, I saw her get murdered. And then I, like, walked across the scene, fell cut my arm blood on it that's why my blood's there but i didn't do it yeah but i didn't do it don't this on my face is from falling yeah and cutting myself i fell on the creek bank yes and the rocks Mm -hmm. they blacked my eye cut my nose there was a bunch of clothes here i don't i don't know and i rolled around a little yes During the fall. During the fall. So that's why her blood is on my jacket, shirt, and pants. Every clothes, every item of clothing I was wearing. Yeah. Uh, So I did roll around in it a little, but. Yes. I didn't do it. Yeah. So just everyone calm down. It wasn't me. The DNA is not what you think. It is not accurate. It's lying a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not how that happens. Sounds. I would be such a smart ass at a deliberation table in a jury. I'd be like, listen here, fuckers. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you dumb? Excuse me. Please explain to me how he's not guilty. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. They might actually kick us out. They'd be like, all right, you're done. We're bringing in the alternate because you're too combative. We. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Juror seven and nine, please leave this courtroom immediately. Get out. Don't ever come back in here. 
you're on the no fly list now. <laughs> uh, yeah, 10 hours. Jesus. That's. Anyway, he was found guilty of all charges on June 17th, 2004. He was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole before 25 years. Um, this is the automatic sentence that kicks in from a first degree murder conviction in Canada. So mm -hmm. they don't just on the jump say life in prison, no parole ever. Yeah. Like we do. This case in the United States would have probably done life in prison without the possibility of parole. Yeah. So in Canada, I think we are the only country that does that also. At least... The only Western country yeah. that does that. Yeah. I don't think, obviously, Canada does, doesn't. Yeah, because at his age, yeah, a 25-year sentence is basically nothing. Yeah. But to me, anyways, yeah. in this situation. So after, so he would have to serve 25 years automatic mm -hmm. and then be up for parole however often after that. Yeah. And with... The, the way some people are released after charges and sentences like this, I mean, it, it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It would be... It was just a murder. Yeah. 25 years ago. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's a weird concept to understand coming from our country because yeah. we react like... We have that knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, it's we, a little severe. We hear murder and rape and we're like, dead. Yeah. Okay. Bye. You're yeah. done. Mm -hmm. You're cut off. You no longer get to participate in life. Yeah, I mean, even inmates think that way. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know how he's still alive. Yeah, actually, I don't know for sure that he is, honestly. I have no information past a oh. certain point. Well, maybe he's not. So maybe he's not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. It's it's very hard to know how to feel about sentences like this. Yeah, it is. Because on the one hand, what he did to her is horrifying. Yeah, and, and the freaking manner in which he did it. Yes. Like, I don't want to say, like, raping someone and then just, like, shooting them in the head to kill them is better. Yeah. But literally, like, bashing their heads in and throwing them in a river? It's so much more, like, personal and close. It's and it, fucking... I mean, it's all evil, but that is, like, straight up... The depravity is yeah. a whole nother level. And it's, it's a level of commitment to committing that crime. You can fire a gun and kill someone... And it happens so quickly that you can then be like, oh, shit. Right. What the fuck did I just do? Yeah. I assume. <laughs> just to clear the air just there. Just to clear that She assumes up. that's how it is. I've never actually fired a gun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to do, to do what he did. Yeah. Because, you know, I think... The defense in this case was trying to argue that they got into a fight, an altercation, and he, I hate the term, like, went to a blind rage. Do any of us know that many people that actually 
go into blind rages where they do not know what is happening? The answer is no. I'm sure there are disorders that people have that actually cause that, but it is not common. That did not happen here. He could, you know, they could have been fighting. And he, he could have knocked her out and just left her there. And he could have hit her with something, knocked her out, and then been like, oh, shit, and ran away. Yeah. And she probably would have lived. Right. But he didn't stop. But he didn't. He continued to hit her. And then threw her in a body of water. And threw her in the Knowing the she was, had severe head trauma. Yeah. He probably thought she was already dead when he threw her in the probably. river. Probably. Honestly. My guess is she was unconscious. Yeah. Uh, there's no way to know that for sure, but that's what my guess is. And obviously she drowned. Yeah. Because she was unconscious and couldn't swim. Right. But. Anyways. Anyways. It's, it's all horrible. But he was convicted. His attorneys immediately stated they would be filing an appeal. Obviously, that happens in pretty much all these cases. Yeah. Because at that point, you have nothing to lose. No. And everything to gain by appealing. So his attorneys state that the testimony of the 1995 rape was wildly prejudicial and basically sealed his conviction. Well, who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah. And they claim that Superior Court Justice Lynn Ratushny should not have allowed the evidence or the testimony to be presented to the jury. I fully don't know the rule here. Mm -hmm. Because you do hear about people bringing up their record while someone's on trial. And since the 1995 case was an actual conviction and his guilt didn't hinge on that conviction. Yeah. His guilt hinged on the DNA. Right. So I think that this appeal would have no legs, honestly, because even if you threw out that testimony of the prior rape, he would probably still be guilty. Yeah. I think he 100% would still be guilty. So I, I think just bringing up the prior rape just kind of solidifies that yeah. his character is awful. Yeah. It, like, establishes a sort of pattern. Yeah, and, like, he's going to do this again. Yeah. Which I think would be allowed here. Yeah, since, I think so. Since it was a conviction. Now, I think if the first one, uh, if he had been acquitted mm-hmm. or if it was an open case that had did not have a resolution. Yeah. Then I don't think those would be able to be brought up, but I'm pretty sure you can bring up prior convictions. Right. I don't know for sure. If any attorneys are listening, please verify that for us. But I'm pretty sure you can bring up prior convictions to establish pattern. Right. But none of the articles I managed to find on this case said anything about the outcome of that appeal. My guess is that there's nothing there's even if they were to find that testimony was prejudicial since it was not the deciding factor of the case, most likely, since there was so much other evidence, DNA evidence, my guess is an appeals court would say probably prejudicial, but outcome didn't hinge on it. We're going to uphold the conviction. So... That's my that's my guess of how it would go down here. 
Obviously, don't know the appeals court rules in Canada, but I'm guessing it's similar. I would assume it is. Hopefully, he is still in jail. Yeah, I hope he is too. And hopefully, the conviction was upheld. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. We do have some statistics on Native American women, or since we're talking about Canada, Indigenous women and girls. So... Native American women on some reservations are murdered at a rate of 10 times the national average. That is wild. Yes, it is. (laughs) So I think these statistics are specific to the United States and not Canada. Mm -hmm. 84% of Native women have experienced violence in their life. 84% Mm -hmm. of Native women. That's wild to me. And 5,712 is the number of known incidents of missing and murdered Native American women as of 2016. Damn. So these are numbers that none of us hear Mm-mm. on a regular basis. Yeah. No one. I mean, there are a few podcasts out there that do, like, season podcasts. I'm trying to think. I think one is Finding Cleo, but she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple others that I have listened to, and it's they're indigenous Canadian women. Specific, yeah. yeah. Because the history of indigenous people in Canada is fucked. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it is crazy how it's not. I, I don't know why that's not included in other statistics. Yeah. Because it's very specific. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's so disturbing. And um, the podcast that I actually got the newspaper from is the Stolen Sisters podcast. And they cover all the cases that they... I think it's actually one host. She covers only indigenous women and girls cases. Yeah, I really want to start listening to that. So her episodes are pretty short, but that's where I got a lot of the information on this case because I think her episode on Alina is the only one that exists. Yeah. So there just aren't that many shows covering it. No. I think Crime Junkie covered the case of an indigenous woman. I don't know what case it is. It's not this one. It was an adult woman, mm-hmm. and that one's unsolved. Yeah. I'll have to figure out what what case that is, but they covered that one. They may have done some more since. I haven't listened to any podcasts, really, in the last several months. The only thing I've been listening to is books, but... Yeah, I haven't been listening to podcasts at all. Yeah. It's just too crazy at work. Yeah, that is I just is listen true. to music, but yeah. I miss it. Yeah. It's so weird what I crave to listen to while I'm working used to be podcast, like almost only podcasts. Mm-hmm. Same. But lately I've, maybe it's because I've been so in into the books that I've been listening to and reading. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I have barely even been watching TV. Yeah. I just, I, my mind is not right now able to, like, get into a story. Yeah. You know? That's true. 
but yeah, I really want to check out the Stolen Sisters podcast because that's different. No one does it. Yeah. So. Yes, it's really different. And I think she might be Scottish. Oh, really? Yeah. That's she, cool as shit. She definitely has an accent and it's not British. I I think it is Scottish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, super cool and crazy that someone from there would be covering indigenous cases here. Yeah. And yet we are not are not covering it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I, I think we meaning you and I mm-hmm. should make a point to at least every like five or six episodes pick one of these cases. Yeah. Cuz why not? Yeah, I have a, a list going. I have I think I have about six names mm-hmm. on the list now. And we could even we can even cover thing cover indigenous cases that have been covered in other oh, podcasts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for so. sure. Because it, it will have been just like one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we'll definitely do that. I also want to make sure and cover missing and murdered cases for more marginalized people, like not covering all just white people. Because that they get the most coverage. Yeah, they so, they get the Netflix docu-series. Yes. So... The Maura Murrays of the world are the ones that yeah. everyone talks well, about. Well, and I'd even like to start covering, you know, I mean, we are... This is our first... I think it's our first Canadian one. I I'm think pretty it's our sure. first Canadian. But, I mean, I would even like to cover things... Because Canada's... It's Canada. It's, it's right Canada, there. Yeah. But even... You know, cases outside of the United States. Yeah. There's, um, that there don't get a lot of cases. attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's, like, a lot of people that go missing, like, in, like, island countries and even, mm-hmm. like, resorts and shit. And yeah. I, you really don't hear a whole lot about that either. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're going to try and stay in the obscure case yeah. region. As much as we can. I mean, and that's, like, why we haven't done an episode on Ted Bundy. Yeah. Everyone knows about yeah. Ted Bundy. Let's stop talking about it. Yeah. Because no one's talking about it to talk about the victims. That's right. They're talking about it because for some reason we have started like romanticizing this man. Him specifically. I I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Like if you want to romanticize the Menendez brothers, fucking do it. Those guys shouldn't be in prison. <laughs> yeah. But Ted Bundy? I don't... I just don't know why. I'll never know why. Like, do you all understand what he did? Yeah. I don't understand. Come on. Can we, like, romanticize someone else? Um, who do we want to romanticize? Uh, Tom Hardy. Please. He's... Uh, an incredible actor. He's not murdered anyone. He has not committed any murders or crimes against other humans. Right. He loves dogs. Yeah. He's British. Shia LaBeouf. Idris Elba. Um. <laughs> Idris Elba might be one of the most attractive men I've ever seen. He is so... It's... Hot is not the correct term. And I don't think... I don't know what the correct term is to describe him. He's... Like, majestic. Yes. He's British. He's got that very, like, soothe, like, calm, confidence, kind of mm-hmm. smooth. I don't... I don't know. 
what it is. He's just, (laughs) I don't know, Idris. And he has the coolest name, Idris Elba. That is such a cool name. I hope that it is. Even if it's just a stage name and he has a normal name in real life, like that's a bomb ass name that he came up with. Yeah, I've never heard anything like it. Me either. I just really, I really love him. And he was on The Office. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't know. I know you wouldn't know. <laughs> Have you watched Rick and Morty yet? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did I have to do to get you to watch that? Oh, yeah. Finish Harry Potter. And I did. Yeah, you did that a long time ago. Come on, you gotta do it. Listen, I will eventually. Okay. I haven't started any new shows, so... Well, that's fine. Keep that in mind. I need to... I need to read Shadow and Bone so I can watch... Oh, yeah. Netflix series. Um, so... Thank you guys so much for listening. This was very important to us. And like we said, we're going to keep doing stories like this because we need to. Yeah. But as we always say, Haley and Ariel, um, you guys are like just some of the most magnificent human beings on the face of the planet. Yep. You are amazing, magnificent space unicorns. Yes. Just 100% of the time. Yep. Always. So, who would have thought that, I mean, you've never met Haley, and I have never nope. met Ariel. Yep. That's true. How weird is that? That is weird. But anyways, we love you guys. Straight up, from the heart. Mm-hmm. If you would like, you could share our show with your friends. Tell them we're here trying to contribute to society kind of um you could subscribe to us on apple podcasts i don't know i guess you subscribe on spotify i don't fully know you could rate us five stars you could do that that'd be real great would love it uh if you feel so inclined you could write us a review yeah go switch to an iphone So you can do these things. Yeah. It's really weird that Apple is the only one that allows people to, like, leave comments. Yeah, and if you don't, like, if if you want to do those things and you just simply cannot because you don't have an Apple product to do so, fucking shout us out on your Instagram story. Yeah, you could share the What If I Told You podcast Instagram. You could. On your personal instagram no pressure no no pressure uh do this at your liege please so but yeah don't forget to check out our instagram if you do follow us and if you don't you should because of the chips corner content that will be uploaded asap exactly you do not want to miss this it's a real gem (laughs) so get with the ig it's going to be lit. Yeah. Um, it'll also be on the TikTok. So. Yeah. Chip, thanks for existing and like being my cousin and shit. Oh, yeah. You guys are fucking related. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. To I'm, both of you. Yeah. I feel that way, too. This is a reciprocal congratulations. Yes. Congratulations, Chip, for having me as a cousin. Yes. You're <laughs> so lucky. <laughs> 
Okay. All right, you guys. That's it. Our episode is over. And in the meantime, we need you all to be kind to each other. And stay weird. Okay, goodbye. Bye.